everyone to know you can leave this in mm-hmm. hannah was having a little men to be and i <laughs> hi welcome to doing <laughs> our best <laughs> fuck you i'm hannah i'm emma and that's that's it that's the whole thing that's it it's welcome a... back motherfuckers yeah so hannah was having a little men to be the thing is i wasn't like my mentee my mentee health was actually going decent i was like man i'm not gonna shave my head on my own I'm going to go in and I'm going to pay some son of a bitch to help me cut my hair yeah. so that I could have a rockin' ass mullet. Yes. And then I don't know what happened to this woman. I don't know if her husband divorced her with a 20-year-old younger wife and took her kids. Like, I don't know. But she had issues that she took out on me. Like and, for realties? Well, it looked that way, didn't Well, it? I, I hear what you're saying. I just wanted to check in see how... I don't really know. We All had right. great interactions together. I was comfortable enough that when it wasn't done right the first time, I went back and I was like, look, made up name, Tina. I don't... I really made up name. <laughs> I don't know. I would like for you to fix this. And then Tina clearly took out her aggression and said, I'll fucking fix it. I'll get rid of it. And my mullet then turned out to look like truly a 12-year-old boy's first haircut. It was bad. It looked terrible. It's not what I wanted. It was choppy. I have done better myself. I cried a lot. Like, ugly cried. We talked a lot about confidence in our household. I want you to know that I started getting a bunch of pings on Snapchat, and I was like, him's having a silly little goofy time. And then I open it up, and it's just sobbing. Sobbing. And here's, the, here's the thing. I never saw it in person, but through video, I didn't... I, I, it wasn't what you wanted. It wasn't the best look that I've seen on you. But it also wasn't, like, the worst thing I'd ever seen. It made me feel very sad. So, at this point, I have used my dog's trimmers that absolutely shaved their butthole, and I shaved my head. <laughs> You're a mother. I, yeah. You've done worse. I've done worse. I sure have. <laughs> Shit. Well, I'd like you to know that once she did all that, I 100% stuck a unused dildo suction cup to my forehead, and I now have light bruising where that was. I, that's all I wanted to share. But it did make me feel better that Good. you did that in solidarity with my shit hair. You're so, welcome. That was nice. Today, as well as just doing our best, mm-hmm. God, what a, that was just such a terrible hair experience. I hate it here. I just want you to know that. And now i got to start over with this stupid little hair tank. Mm-hmm. Since we're all just doing our best out here, mm-hmm. I wanted to throw out there that uh, this is a listening episode, as well as a Halloween special. Spooky scary. Skeletons. And shivers down my spine. I have some very exciting listener tales to share with you. Here's the things that I want to do. I want to share the listener stories. I want to share our own stories. And then I got some Reddit spooky, scary stories. So all of these stories I am sharing anonymously. My request for listener tales when you submit them would be a PDF. Well, font, double-spaced. Sorry, Nibbler is like Nibbler, doing what gymnastics. What are you doing? I don't know, but like she was making me nervous that she was just going to take a dump on your carpet. Nibbler, get the hell out of here. Nibbler. 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 All right. 
So from one of our listeners, we received a non-PDF story, but I'm still very excited to share it with you. <clears throat> I just listened to one about tattoos and hair colors. Listen. One, Hannah, you know I love all the colors and piercings, all that. Emma, I don't think I've gotten to meet you yet. Two, I swear, if there were somewhere else I could get my stupid health problems taken care of, I would do that because it makes me mad. I have literally turned down jobs because of hair color discrimination. I'm a bomb-ass phlebotomist. And if you want me on your team like your patients do, you'll get over that. That's how I feel. I also have had so many patients compliment my hair colors, and lots of them are little old ladies. I also agree that, listen, if you're allowed to talk about fucking religion and abortions or politics, then what the fuck is hair color going to do? Proud of you, girls. Do your thing. Okay, you guys, I'm behind, but I just listened to Neurospicy, and I loved it. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Emma, I am so thankful to hear that some things about being autistic. My daughter is three. You're welcome. And just finally got her official diagnosis. She's nonverbal, and I can't imagine the struggles that she feels. Thankfully, all the therapies and school are really helping. Hannah, I know I've told you recently about being diagnosed ADHD, and I love hearing other quirks and things as well. I've struggled almost my whole life thinking I was an idiot for not remembering important things, but I could remember some person I haven't seen since kindergarten. I always thought everyone just had a million thoughts going through their head at once, or that everyone just had burnout, or random manic impulsive days to get so much done. I'm very bothered, I have to say, about the fact that you guys went through at your work. Why the fuck does it matter what you're into if you go to the bathroom at the same time? All right. I think that was basically a pat on the backs for us. And that was nice. I liked it. I this felt is, very validated. I do feel validated. That's very nice. Anyways. Where? Hello, friend. Hello. I feel like I know exactly who you are from your story now. And uh, I love you. Anyways, this is what they wrote. So on the topic of religion and religious trauma, I was raised by two amazing parents who were Christian. Quotes. Gross. If you asked, but honestly, they rarely talked about it and never pushed church on us. Oh, Or anything, thankfully. I think I started to question it very young. I didn't feel it, and I certainly didn't feel comfortable talking about it or going to church. I think part of that was because my parents' stories, they both grew up with very religious parents being forced to go to church. And my mom's side of the family was so bad about pushing things such as sexual assault under the table due to religion. When I was 13, my dad's best friend... Since first grade's son, whom I thought of as a cousin, died. And I thought to myself, how the hell could Jesus let this happen? And you know, you get the same old answer. God needed him more. Bullshit. So fast forward to 15 years later, I got a horrible staph infection in my leg and I almost lost my leg. While dealing with all of that, my mom was losing a bunch of weight and not feeling good. But as mothers do, she put my health first. Turns out she had cancer a very rare kind, and while she is being told, my family, a very rare kind, and while she is being told by some family not to do chemo because it's against God, my brother, my father, and I are thinking, fuck you guys for even saying that. Thankfully, she did get treatment, which gave us three more years with her. But during those three years, seeing her struggle every day and being told God's not going to let her die, Then a year before she passes away, my dad's best friend's other son passes away. I thought if Jesus is real, he fucked up leaving their father and uncle to me with no one. 
A year later, my mom passed away, the 27 days before her 43rd birthday. So let me say that when she passed, every person that said God needed her more, I wanted to punch squarely in the face and say, more than her fucking kids, more than her husband. And because my grandma was so religious, we had to bury her instead of cremating her as we would have liked. Seeing her go through all she did and feeling so helpless at the burial situation gave me PTSD. I had nightmares for at least a year about her not actually being dead and ringing a bell in the casket that no one could hear her. After all of this, I decided I would stick to my love of science and no religion felt right to me, especially Christianity or Catholicism, because I feel the Bible is so hypocritical as these things they just say are sins are really just human nature. Maybe not all, aka murder. Also, I'd like to talk about some disability trauma. I have been a type 1 diabetic since I was 8. I've struggled my whole life with taking good care of it. I could never remember to test my blood sugar or take my insulin when I should. Well, going to school was a nightmare. The nurses never knew the difference between type 1 and type 2. So they'd always say things like, you shouldn't eat that or you should exercise more. And one time the school even told me I was faking my low blood sugar and wouldn't give me my stuff. (laughs) So I walked out and I called my mom from the grocery store. Needless to say, she was fuming. And they got an earful. Then my freshman year, I missed a lot of school because of my bad immune system. I was getting sick a lot. Might have had something to do with the fact that they didn't let kids go home till they were puking. But even missing all that I had, I was passing every class. But they still took my credits away. I was so stressed my glucose was in the 500s all the time. Normal glucose is 70 to 170. I was losing a ton of weight from having nightmares about dying from the schools not letting me take insulin. And now I have a daughter with a disability and being nonverbal, I'm terrified for what she might go through at school. Also, I have had multiple doctors that wouldn't listen to me for so long when I'd say I'm so forgetful. I'm so tired all the time. I have no energy. Something's wrong. They would say, oh, it's just your diabetes. Oh, you have diabetes and you are lazy. Oh, you are a diabetic and have a full-time job and four kids. Of course you're tired. Finally, a doctor listened, and I'm so thankful because turns out I do have severe ADHD. So now being medicated for that has helped me, and I manage my disabilities in my life so much more. I just want to say thank you so much for writing in. Thank you for sharing all of that, dude. I'm so sorry that you went through it. I'm mostly sorry that you live in this state where there's just not a lot of organizations to help neurospicy kids Mm -hmm. or adults. And I hope that as friends, as just human beings, we're able to support each other and support you. And thank you for being by our side and for rooting for us and for writing in and loving us. And we're really glad that we were able to connect with you on some of those stories. And um, fuck those gaslighty doctors. I'd also just like to say thank you for advocating for yourself throughout all these years because it's fucking exhausting. It's exhausting trying to find doctors and teachers and adults and co-workers and peers that are going to listen to you when you're like, dude, this is my body and this is what I'm going through. And thank you for advocating for your kid. That's That's something a lot of parents can't do. They don't know how. They don't want to. They're overwhelmed. They're not willing to take the steps necessary after diagnosis to even care about their kid. And that's not you. Mama, you're doing a great fucking job. You're incredible and we love you. Also- Sending little smooches. 
Also, Those are wet. I didn't like that. Oh, 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 oh. And I was like, that one's for you, baby. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I wanted to touch base also on like advocating for diagnoses. At the last place I worked at, we had a lot of patients that were experiencing symptoms secondary to COVID. And I think a lot of our doctors just gaslit them and said, that's not true. Mm. And I had patients that unfortunately had to seek healthcare elsewhere because we weren't able to accommodate and instead told them that the research and studies don't have anything on that yet. Well, because it's new. Yeah. You're right. They sure don't. But there could be something weird. Like you guys should take your patients serious when they're saying there's big changes after COVID. It's a weird thing. Don't tell them that that doesn't exist and it's in their head. Hashtag gaslight. Hashtag get wrecked. <laughs> yes. Anyways, I'm ready for a little spooky ding. I'm going to give you the nibs. I deserve it. Okay, so here's the thing about these spooky scary stories. These are from Reddit. I don't fucking know how how realistic it is, but we're just trying to get spooked. Have I read these beforehand? Absolutely not. No. I glanced through to see if there was anything juicy. Did I do that for all of them? No. Did you smart? No. No? Okay. I can't wait to hear these stories. A couple of these are multi-parts, but also I think that Reddit stories just go so fast. So have you considered... Shut the fuck up, touch your little earbuds in, get spooked, and listen to a struggle. And let's get into it. Number one, on Spooky Scary Stories Edition. The family house is haunted. Yes. Okay. Spooky Scary Stories. When I was a child, my late uncle's chilling ghost stories had a way of seeping into my young mind, filling it with vivid images of the supernatural His stories were so convincing that as a kid, it was impossible not to believe in the eerie possibilities he presented. He really loved freaking out his little nieces and nephews. The centerpiece of many of my uncle's eerie narratives was my grandmother's old house. Is it me winded from being chonky and hunched over to read my phone? Shut up. Don't worry about it. The centerpiece of many of my uncle's eerie narratives was my grandmother's old house, a relic from the past that stood a short distance up the road from the family cemetery. It had a history intertwined with the supernatural, making it the perfect setting for his stories. Several family members had passed away within its walls, including my grandfather and her two infant daughters, who had met untimely deaths. My grandmother often spoke of beings that visited her at the foot of her bed. Their nature of mystery, ghosts, or angels, no one could say for sure. Most of the family dismissed her accounts as hallucinations, but my mother and I believed her, and my uncle frequently brought her visions to life in story form. Among the many stories I remember him telling, there were two in particular that left an undeniable mark on my imagination. The tale of a mysterious light that wandered through the cemetery at the witching hour, and a ghost that had visited multiple generations there. Over the years, however, I had three paranormal experiences of my own, all focused around the same house, making me wonder if perhaps my uncle's tales had been more than just spooky stories. Mm. My very first encounter happened on a weekend when we were visiting my grandma. I was just seven or eight years old at the time. I was sitting on the living room floor playing with toys, Sometime later, I looked at my mom and told her I had to go to the bathroom. When I reached the bathroom door, something caught the corner of my eye and totally freaked me out. I saw an apparition so shockingly real that I froze in place. 
Descending the staircase just beyond the bathroom door was someone wearing a pair of old, light-colored brown pants. You. Accompanied by heavy brown work boots. I couldn't see above the waist, and I knew no one was ever allowed to go upstairs. These were not the attire of the living. They were spectral. Jesus Christ, what the fuck is this word? I want to see it. An acrostic? An acrostic. What does that mean? I'll look it up. Okay. An acrostic. Belonging to a period other than that of being portrayed. Hold on, let's let's listen to it. They were spectral. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) One more time. One more time. Anachronistic. Remnants from another era. Like something out of the 1920s or 1930s. My heart raced and I struggled to process the impossible sight before me. The pants descended the stairs with an eerie, deliberate slowness, then stopped. Gasp again. (gasps) Okay. Panic surged through me. I slammed the bathroom doors shut and frantically looked for a place to hide. My heart was pounding relentlessly. My mind raced, trying to make sense of the situation. Could it be my late grandfather who had passed away when my mother was just nine years old? I didn't have long to think about it before I noticed that the bathroom door wouldn't open. It had no lock, and I found myself locked inside, desperately kicking and screaming for help. Minutes felt like hours, As I fought to open the stubborn door, my cries for help going unheard. Strangely, the living room where my parents, grandmother, and aunt were gathered was just on the other side of the bathroom wall, but no one seemed to hear my frantic cries or screams. The door finally opened, and I bolted out of there, running back to the living room. I shut the hallway door with such force that it interrupted my family's conversations. They looked at me, puzzled (laughs) puzzled by my sudden entrance. The freaky part is that no one had heard my screams or me pounding on the door. I never told anyone about my encounter, including my parents, because I didn't want to be thought of as some nutcase. So that was part one. We're going to jump right into part two. My aunt, a stubborn old woman who lived alone in the old house, had become increasingly susceptible to falls. She resisted using her life alert device and seldom wore it around her neck. It was a daily source of worry for our family and eventually the day came where her other two sisters could no longer ignore the need to intervene they made the difficult decision to admit her into a nursing home an act she strongly opposed my mother had spent several nights with her before the dreaded decision was made hoping to prevent the inevitable move to the nursing home but despite our best efforts it was too late my aunt had My aunt was placed in the care of the facility, leaving her home empty. With my mother already staying there, I decided to move in with my aunt's permission, as I felt uneasy about my mom being alone. A good friend of mine, ever helpful and eager to assist, joined me in the endeavor. To save money, my aunt graciously allowed us to use my grandmother's old house to store our belongings temporarily. It was a nostalgic place, one filled with memories of my family's past. However, it was harbored. It also harbored a reputation for being haunted. A fact that had fueled countless ghost stories over the years. As my friend carried the first set of boxes into the house, she suddenly dropped them and ran back to where I was standing next to my truck. Her face was as pale as a ghost, and she was breathing heavily, as though she had just sprinted a marathon. She stammered, 
As soon as I walked through the back door and into the hallway, I heard three loud knocks. It gave me the heebie-jeebies. I raised an eyebrow, initially skeptical of her story. The house was old, and it had always been a hub of ghostly tales. Still, something about the intensity in her eyes made me reconsider. The look on her face seemed genuine, and I couldn't ignore the shiver that ran down my spine. After all, in a house with such a haunted reputation, anything was possible. Yeah. We decided to proceed with the move, albeit with some caution. We continued to transfer our belongings into the house, but neither my mother nor I heard anything out of the ordinary. There was no mysterious knocks or unexplained sounds to be found. It was almost as if the ghosts, if they existed, were selective about their interactions, perhaps only revealing themselves to certain people. Over the following weeks, my, my friend continued to visit, offering her support and company. She helped with chores around the house, like cutting the grass and weeding the garden. One sunny afternoon, while I was preoccupied, clearing away some overgrown brush, I noticed her demeanor change. Her complexion paled once again, and her eyes darted nervously around the yard. Concerned, I approached her and asked what was wrong. She hesitated before finally confessing. I keep feeling like I'm being watched, and when I looked up at the second-story window, I saw a face. Nope. Yep. Absolutely not. My heart skipped a beat, and I felt a chill wash over me. This wasn't the first time she had been unnerved by the house's presence. She seemed genuinely frightened and on edge. The aberration she described scared the crap out of her, making her feel profoundly uncomfortable and welcome. After that day, my friend's visits became increasingly infrequent. She no longer came over to hang out, and when we met, it was always as at a neutral location or through phone calls. The experience she had in the house had left an undeniable mark on her, and the aberrations that seemed to inhabit the old house had effectively driven her away. As the months passed, I never heard the strange knocks or witnessed any spectral faces myself, but the stories and encounters of those who had remained lingering in my mind. The house seemed to harbor secrets that were only known to a select few, a world of apparitions and unexplained phenomenon that had kept the family's imagination alive for generations. I couldn't help but wonder if the ghosts were the lingering spirits of my grandparents or other more enigmatic entities. Whatever the truth may be, the haunting of Grandma's house still remains a mystery. There is one more part. Yes. Yes. Am I unbuttoning my pants so I can breathe? Yes. Don't worry about it. Summer break had arrived and my children started preparing to to spend the upcoming two weeks with their father. Summer break had arrived and my children started preparing to spend the upcoming two weeks with their father. After breakfast at the old family house, I had one last chore for them to help me with before their trip. To clean the two bedrooms upstairs in Grandma's old house. You should have seen the look on their faces. First it was dread, suddenly turned into excitement. Since they were old enough to remember the ghost stories here, it sparked their curiosity to see if any of it was true. The house had been the subject of countless ghost stories, and while we were all somewhat apprehensive about stepping foot inside, our family's deep connection to the space made us resolute in our commitment. This house, with its time-worn facade, and the echoes of past generations held a special place in our hearts. That night at dinner, one of my children proposed an idea. Why don't we take a camera upstairs and see if we can capture any ghosts or something? He flashed a mischievous grin, the kind only a child can wear when proposing something both thrilling and terrifying. I pondered the suggestion for a moment. The idea of embarking on a paranormal adventure was enticing, but I couldn't help feeling a shiver of unease. 
Nevertheless, I couldn't resist the allure of the unknown. All right, I finally said, giving in to the excitement. Let's do it. This morning after breakfast, we made our way upstairs, camera in hand, determined to unravel the, mis- the mysteries of the old house. As I ascend the creaky wooden stairs, my heart raised with a mixture of anticipation and trepidation. During the entire time we cleaned, however, there were no signs of any otherworldly presence. No strange sounds, no eerie sightings, just the musty scent of time-worn wood and faded memories. That night, as we huddled together to watch the recorded footage, we were unprepared for what we would uncover. The camera had captured something that defied explanation, something that sent a shiver down our spines. In the midst of the recording, a small orb darted across the room like a blur, as if it were desperately trying to evade the camera's lens. It moved with an otherworldly grace, flickering in and out of sight before vanishing entirely. We watched in astonishment, our hearts pounding as the camera had somehow managed to capture this ethereal anomaly. But the strangeness didn't end there. In one corner of the bedroom, a transparent image began to materialize. A ghostly face etched with the lines of age and wisdom. It was the face of an old woman, her features soft and hauntingly familiar. She seemed to gaze at us with eyes that held the weight of time. As we continued to watch... A chill settled over us. The most unsettling revelation awaited us in the final moments of the recording, in the exact spot where my youngest son had been standing. An apparition appeared. A baby. No, that is scary. Hovering above his left shoulder. Its translucent form exuded an otherworldly presence, a spectral reminder of a life that had been cut tragically short. The significance of these haunting revelations began to dawn on us. The old family home, with its century-old history, had been a witness to countless moments of joy and sorrow. It had been the backdrop for the stories of our ancestors, each one leaving an undeniable mark in the house's very foundation. The family's history within these walls had been marked by numerous deaths spanning across all ages and generations. Among them was the unresolved tragedy of a baby's death nearly 50 years ago a sorrow that had never truly found closure. As my children embarked on their visitation with their father, my cousin, who lived next door to the old family home, paid me a visit. He had experienced a profound loss just two years prior when his daughter tragically lost her life in a car accident. His eyes held a mixture of grief and wonder as he shared something he had discovered. He pulled out his laptop and showed me a video that his son had captured on his phone. It was an image that defied belief and left my heart heavy. The video showed his deceased daughter hovering over him from behind, her presence unmistakable. He explained that she had appeared only once, offering him a moment of solace and connection. As I listened to him, a chilling realization washed over me. The old family house standing as it had for over a century had had become a repository of souls, a place where the spirits of family members who had passed away over the years had refuge, solace, and perhaps even connection. Fast forward one year later, it was another hot summer. It was in the middle of August, which here in the South is the hottest part of the year. I had been talking with a friend for a while about repairs needing to be done to the downstairs hallway. The floor was rotting so bad that in some places your foot would go right through the floor. Absolutely not to that as well. Get it together. We need to get that fixed right away. Yes. So her cousin came over to look at the house. I was at work when they came, but my mom was home to talk with them and go over everything that needed to be done. 
It was only minutes later my friend's cousin ran out of the house and straight to the car. He claimed he was freezing and that he kept feeling and he kept feeling like he was being watched. He was terrified and refused to ever come back. My friend said that as they were going down the road, her cousin kept insisting to turn the heater on. For miles, she said he was freezing to death. The stories and encounters within this old house's walls were not merely figments of our imagination or the product of superstition. They were echoes of a past that refused to fade away, whispers from the other side that spoke of the enduring bond between the living and the, and the departed. As I continued to care for the old family house, I couldn't help but feel a yes. sense of reverence for the generations that had come before us. The house had become a bridge, a portal through which we could glimpse the lives and spirits of our ancestors. It was a place where the past and the present converged, where the line between the living and the departed blurred, and where the legacy of our family continued to unfold in mysterious and poignant ways. I have another story for us to listen to. I gotta tell you something. Um, I washed my bra and put it in the dryer, as you're not supposed to, but it's one of those like bralettes where the little patties come out yeah. sometimes. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that, like, one of them's real long. And so just all day today, I've just been cupping a field to check. Your story was so spooky scary. I love that my house has never once been haunted. Have you ever had a ghostly encounter? No, have you? Yeah. I'd love to hear about it. Let me get this little dog bed out of the way so I can switch on it. It's pretty spooky. You ready for this? Yeah. The place. Franklin, Tennessee. I said it. I'll put it out there. Franklin, Tennessee. So, so my partner and I were renting a home, and it was pretty old. Um, the walls were kind of, like, caving in in places. We yeah. really shouldn't have been living there, just something to note. Like, the walls were coming apart from the floors. Good. Yeah, real shit foundation. Real safe. For sure. We love to hear it. Honestly, great price, though. <laughs> in great location. Anyway, a couple months past moving in, I started to notice that in the bathroom, the, like, the lights would flicker. Ooh. And obviously I'm like, old ass house. Whatevs. Like, I'm not worried about it. But I'd get, like, really anxious when I was in the bathroom. As as I always do. But yeah. in particular, I had this weird feeling of, like, I don't know, something just feels off. Something feels wonky. And a little bit of time passed. I would notice that, like, it would get more and more aggressive. And so I asked my partner, I was like, hey, dude, you ever notice how the bathroom lights fucking been flickering? Are you going to do anything about I'm that? Like, I was like, hey, hey, pal, um, you want to fix that? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, the bathroom light that's been flickering for months on end. It's like a strobe light in Just there. Just like straight Morse code from yeah. the bathroom. And he's like, it's never once flickered. And I was like, well, maybe you just aren't paying attention because you have man eyes. Yeah, maybe you're stupid. Maybe you should start checking that out. Yeah. Staying present when you're pooping, you know? Yeah. So if you could just, like, Get look. together. Yeah, please. And so, like, another month goes by, and I'm like, have you noticed the flickering? Because at this point, it's gotten worse. And I'm like, dude, are you not seeing the flickering? He's like, it has never once flickered. I was like, it's really been flickering. This is pretty fucky. Thank you. And during this time, I was getting a lot of nightmares. I always have nightmares, but it felt like it was picking up. So I'm just pooping. Just you know, pooping. Just pooping. The way you do. Yeah. This is why this is a boundary for me. If you die, yeah. you're not allowed to haunt me when I'm pooping. Well, I can't promise anything. Well, it's just weird. And you know that I can't. It feels like the podcast uh, wants you to promise that you won't haunt me while I'm pooping. That's interesting that they feel that way. Well, I validate their feelings. So anyway, I was pooping. <laughs> just pooping. And 
it's flickering so bad. And I was just like, hello? And it stopped. Oprah? And it stopped flickering. And I said, hello? And it started flickering again. So at this point, I'm like terrified. And in my pooping terrified state, I said, excuse me, whoever you are, it really feels like you're trying to tell me something. And I gotta tell you, I don't know what you're trying to tell me. And if anything, I feel as though you're trying to tell me something. And I gotta tell you, I, like, I'm talking out loud while I'm scared pooping. I don't know what you're trying to tell me. And I feel as though maybe you're trying to tell me something. And it's, I gotta tell you, it's scaring me. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. But I'm, like, real scared right now. And I've got business to take care of. And I'd really appreciate it if you would stop and maybe, maybe I can figure this out at a later time. And it stopped flickering. And I was, like, sick. And then throughout the next couple of days, it started flickering again and again. I'm like, excuse me, partner. You notice that fucking flickering getting worse again? He's like, no. I was like, fuck you. Anyway, this was in my TikTok mediumship era. Yeah. And so I reached out to someone. I was like, hey, friend, could you just, like, give me the vibes? And they were like, yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. The vibes are something's with you. And I was like, excuse the fuck out of me? They're like, yeah, it's a woman. She's older. She gets really sad when she scares you. Ugh. So now I'm openly sobbing. Because this, right. this dead bitch is trying to talk to me. And I'm getting scared, making her sad. So yeah. I'm getting sad. Obviously. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am, from TikTok. Um, is there anything I can do to make her understand where I'm coming from? Because I'm just trying to poop. Yeah. I'm just trying to shit on my own time. Honestly. Like, this is my, my most... This is why you shit at work on company time. That's what I'm saying. Um, and she goes, well, she really likes flowers. And I think that if you got her flowers, just like a little thing, doesn't have to be anything fancy, just a little vase, let her know that they're for her every now and then switch out the flowers, I think that she will... I think that she'll understand. And I said, sick. So what did I do? You bought flowers. I bought some fucking flowers. Could have bought myself flowers. Sat down right in the bathroom. Cried a lot to a ghost. <laughs> just babbling like, I'm so sorry. It's just that I didn't know what you were saying. And I'm scared. And I'm scared. I'm just trying to poop. And like, I don't think that you're bad. I, and I, listen, that's on me. I'm sorry. But I'm just trying to poop. But anyway, I got you these flowers here. Um, and I think that you're pretty neat. And I'm sorry that I can't understand what you're trying to tell me right now or ever because I don't understand Morse code. But I want you to know that I love you and I vibe with you and I fuck with you. And these flowers are your flowers. And I'm keep giving you flowers, bitch. <clears throat> the lights never flickered again. So I'm safe to say she's thrilled. I mean, it just feels as the Anyway, so I told I told my partner this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. This whole like for the months long thing that this is happening. Yeah. He still is like, I think we just had a faulty wire. And Fuck I was like, you, the man. faulty wire that never once was faulty for you was only faulty for me, was more faulty when I spoke back to it and also ceased the faultiness. Ceased faultiness once I provided flowers. And he was like, listen, I'm no mechanic. And I was like, fuck you, my dude. He's very scared of ghosts and refuses to believe in ghosts. 
And that doesn't make sense. You can't have it both ways. No. No. He is scared of ghosts specifically because he can't do anything to defend himself against a ghost. Haha, <laughs> you little bitch. A little bitch boy can Wish you would listen. I'd like you to know that throughout the entire time that we lived in this house, we didn't have any other issues going on. But the day that we moved out, we found out that there was black mold everywhere. Oh my god. We had never once seen it. We had been in these rooms every day. Maybe she protected you from it. I don't fucking know. Or maybe your brain is even more fucked. Uh, Who's to say it? But I was also real high during that time, let me tell you. Whatever it takes, you know? Honestly, I'm all for it. So anyway, what do you think? Think it was a ghost or... Oh yeah, that's definitely a fucking ghost. Thank you, that's how I... I fuck with ghosts. That's how I felt. Yeah. Um, Well, let's move on to something less spooky. Do you like how it took me 20 minutes (laughs) to tell the story about how I was shitting and a ghost came out? (laughs) I, you know, that's what we're here for. Happy fucking Halloween. Ghost poop. So this is actually a listener tale that we received at like the very beginning of our podcast that we just needed to amp up to be able to actually tell you. And I'm so excited to read this to you. Our writer writes in saying this is the spring of 2016 when they were 22 years old. In quotes. I was pretty introverted for the most part. I did have a friends with benefit going on with one friend. Just sexting. Then I heard that he was interested in someone else. We just sort of stopped. No more late night NSFW chats. Not safe for work. Then I noticed this new guy in the group. Military. He was in the Air Force for a few years. He wasn't bad looking, so I thought at the time. Same time, I had a few friends pushing me to finally lose my V-card. Imagine holding that baby so close at 22... If that was it for you. It feels like a better decision than what I did. It was. Yeah, for sure. I hear it. I approached him one day with just a quick small talk. Hi, my name is Redacted kind of thing. We exchanged numbers and we seemed to have quite a bit in common. He made the first move. We shared a heated kiss in one of the school elevators. It didn't get sexual until later. He deflowered me in the school's gardens. No, you gotta say it again. (laughs) (laughs) take him to the top (laughs) it didn't get sexual until later he deflowered me in the school garden it was a quickie for the first time i wasn't expecting much we weren't together long enough for people to start wondering if we were a couple he said he wanted to keep it on the down low because my friend owen my sexting friend would kill him Later, we had sex in the back of his SUV between classes. I'm thinking this will be better. We won't be in a rush. I still felt bleepin' nothing. (laughs) It says bleepin' nothing. I faked the orgasm and he bought it. Then he pulled out his phone and showed me pictures of bestiality. He wanted me to have sex with a German shepherd. No one has ever agreed to it yet. Why a German shepherd is what I want. Like, is that like a... Like, why why specifically a German shepherd? Were poodles not his thing? I guess not. Too fluffy. That's my dog's thing. No one has ever agreed to it yet. Hard pass for me. No fucking shit. Then he wanted to know if I could hook up with any of his... This is important. Did he have a German Shepherd? I would assume so. Or was he just going to borrow one? He might have been borrowing a friend's German Shepherd. It doesn't say. Oh my god. I could never use Rover again. But you can't. You can't use Rover. What if they're just pimping out your dog? 
Max would be into it. Then he wanted to know if I could hook him up with any of my black friends because he's never, quote unquote, banged a black girl before. I said no. I dropped him. He didn't take the hint until I was with someone else. I had told Owen what happened, and he said that he wanted to rip his throat out and feed it to him. Whoa. Owen and I still keep in touch, but not like that anymore. Before I got into another relationship, I befriended someone who I thought was genuine. I found out later she was telling everyone that I was easy. Makes me wonder if that was the only reason the second guy even pursued me, considering he didn't even know my name when he was calling me his new best friend. It was. Third guy. Oh. I wouldn't say we were actually officially together, but I feel like we both needed no strings. Best sexual experience ever, but he was an asshole. I took a break from seeing people, and then I found that I valued friendship more. I valued friendship. I took a break from seeing people, then a friendship became more. I felt valued in this one. I waited six months before we had sex, and I almost stayed in North Carolina for this guy. He's in the army. He said he wanted someone who was okay with long distance. Someone who would remain faithful. I was like, I'm your girl. I told him around a year later that my family was moving. He said, guess that's the end of the relationship then. Later, he texted me that he missed everything about me and that he shouldn't have ended it. I've never once called me losing my virginity deflowering, but if my vagina was a flower... I'd like to tell you something. It'd be a, fe- a Venus flytrap. <laughs> you know what mine would be? Tell me. A tulip. Put these tulips on my organ. Uh, yeah. I'd like you to know that, as we all know, my mom... I can't even say she's gay anymore. Yeah, she's claiming straight. Even though she was married to a woman, she is straight as per her identity. And we should respect that. My gay mom is cosplaying as a straight woman. And... Anyway, uh, she is really into painting sometimes when it suits her. And I want you to know that she painted a very sexual-looking flower. I bet she did. And it hangs in my grandmother's living room. I want you to know that she thought that we wouldn't notice that it was a vagina. So when we said, Mom, why are there vaginas on Dandy's walls? She said, oh, the the flower. That's just a beautiful little flower. That's just a little tulip. Which is why your vagina is a tulip. Have you ever seen the horror film Teeth? Where, like, the woman's vagina is a tooth. No! And every time she has... A tooth? One tooth that, like, cuts off penises. And every time that someone has unrequested sex with her, they lose their penis in in, in her orifice of a vagina. Does it eat it? Well, no, it comes back out. No. Just bloody. And so her first time was a traumatic experience where she cut some boy's dick off because she got scared As you in do. the middle of sex. Yeah. yeah. And she tried to push him away, but he said no because he's a gross man. Mm-hmm. And so her vagina just did the job for him and bit his dick off. Well, I'm going to tell you how the movie ends because it was a terrible movie and it's not even worth It's not worth it. She owned it and she instead started just taking people's dicks just for fun. So that's an option. The Venus flytrap vagina. It's not an altissy. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that recently we had some people over at our house. I don't remember how this came up, but it was shared that 
the story of how I left a dildo in a man's butt. Yeah. That man's mother's dildo, if you will. To which my partner said, what? And I said, I've definitely told you this story. What? what? Because I have. Left in the butt? His mom's dildo, that's what. Yes. Well. Um, So then, in the middle of this party, I am now having to calm him down by telling him the entire story in front of all these people. Because I'm like... Sir, you, we've been together for almost six years. You and you can't, should have listened to the podcast. Yeah, you can't be scared of me now. Yeah, this is too late. You're not, you're not in any danger unless you try to put it somewhere it doesn't belong. And then when I say no, you force it. Yeah. To and which, also, his mom doesn't even have dildos laying around. That's She's true. She's missing out. But anyway, by the end of that, he and all of his friends said, that's fair. Are you going to do another listener story or should I do another Reddit? I have one more listener story and then I think we'll finish with one of your Reddits. Perfect. I'll give you options. This is a poem written to me by one of the followers and it's regarding father-daughter trauma, especially within the church. And it starts with, I think women assure their fathers with the common line, I'll always be your little girl. Because we know that the moment we become a woman, the love and acceptance we once had from our fathers is gone. The moment we grow breasts, something changes. Your period marks you as unlovable. A shirt that shows skin becomes sexualized and repulsed by the same person who bathed you. Watch out, boyfriends, because my father thinks you were just like he was when he was a teenager, so you can't be trusted. They accept you when you are young and innocent so that their thoughts don't wander, when you don't make them uncomfortable. Though that doesn't stop some. They love you and they can control you and they can ignore your emotions as they brush you off. They are happy when you don't understand their flaws yet, when you can't think for yourself, when you are their clone. But I remember how it felt when your gaze changed as I grew. My breast, hips, waist, shoulders, thighs, hormones, feelings, periods made you uncomfortable. My very physiology was too much to deal with, and it was my job to be uncomfortable so that you could feel good about yourself. My changing body and thinking brain made you uncomfortable and made me hate who I was growing into. I hated her for making this tension. I wished I was a boy. Then maybe you would still look at me with love and respect as I grew up, even though I don't think anymore. Then maybe you would still look at me with love and respect as I grew up, even though I don't think that anymore. So no, please don't hug me. Don't touch me. Don't compliment my outfits. Don't expect me to soothe your uncomfortable feelings. Don't say a word to my boyfriend and don't ask me what I think about something. You won't like it because it's different than how you think. I will not always be your little girl. I will be the woman that I've been killing for years to accommodate you. What will you do when I don't resemble the little girl you knew and when I don't acquiesce to you and when I have sex and when I think for myself? What will you do? You will find your daughter in a woman or she won't exist at all. A letter written to my father. So we're sparking a lot of emotions out here. I'm loving it. I am too. Go fuck yourself, dad. It's gross as all hell. Yeah. Yeah. Why are men? Why are some dads? <sighs> okay. Our last story. I have some options and I'd like you to pick. We have the girl on the dead log. I think something is impersonating my cat. The one who died almost three years ago. Cursed doll. The strange events in the woods have scarred me forever. I wasn't prepared for what I found or the house across the street. Here's a thing. This feels very much like a Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure, and I want to choose that someone is impersonating my cat. I'm so glad that you wanted that one. I haven't read it. I know. Let's go. (laughs) 
2020 had to be the worst year of my life. I lived in constant fear of losing my family because they all have autoimmune problems, except for me, and very much could have died if they had caught COVID-19. Unlike me, it was a very real fear that they could have all been completely wiped out and I'd be alone in the world. I had already been diagnosed with anxiety, but not only did my anxiety get worse, it evolved into a panic disorder. I got insomnia, developed a stomach hernia, and my depression started occurring more frequently. Just when I didn't think things could get any worse, my childhood pet, Ziggy, died at age 11 due to complete organ failure. Apparently, he had a genetic disease that we didn't know about because he was a rescue. Petco employees said he was found in a dumpster with his siblings. He lived 11 normal and happy years by my side, but in mid-November 2020, he started acting weird, lost a ton of weight, and had the shakiest, nastiest, loudest breathing I ever heard. That's not a sound a cat should make. That's a sound an old man on a ventilator makes. The doctors said he would just die slowly, getting sicker and sicker. He was suffering so much my dad had to put him down. I was completely traumatized. A few months passed and I ended up adopting two kittens in 2021, one of which has become my new best buddy. He's a lot like Ziggy in the way he follows me around and likes to sleep on my bed. Besides that, they're complete opposites. Shuby is chatty and loves to play. Ziggy was basically Garfield, but his stomach and neck were white. Oh, and this will be important, but normally Shuby jumps on my bed toward the foot of my bed or on the right side. Ziggy always jumped up on the left side of the bed. The past few months have been really strange. Honestly, I've been trying to avoid thinking about Ziggy because every time I do, I get worried about the inevitable death of Shuby. Even though he is not even three years old yet. I already know a cat can't outlive a 21-year-old human, so I'm terrified of reliving what happened to Ziggy by my mid-30s. And sometimes I regret getting a new cat because of this horrible inevitability. That's how I feel often about my pets. Yeah. I can't quite remember when, but recently, but recently enough, I got in an argument with my dad. Yes, I still live with my parents. It's the only way they would agree to paying for my college. And I went into my room to calm down. It was getting dark outside, so my room was almost completely pitch black. I laid down on my bed, and almost instantly, I felt something jump up on the left side of my bed. And the breathing, that breathing, like a death rattle. I recognized it instantly. It sounded like Ziggy's last morning alive. I immediately jumped up and screamed and ran back into the living room. My parents tried to convince me that maybe one of the new cats snuck into my room and jumped on the bed. But there's no way I didn't hear it breathing. At least a few months have passed, and even though I haven't heard breathing, every once in a while when I just get into bed, ready to sleep, I feel something jump up on the left side of the bed and maintain a steady weighted feeling on the left side of my body and then dissipate. One time I thought it was Shuby for sure because of how heavy the leap was, but when I reached out into the darkness, there was nothing. I also often feel a presence watching me as I sleep, and because of this, my insomnia has started getting worse again. No shit. It just happened again, like, two days ago. Right in the middle of the day, but on my couch, something jumped and made the left arm of the chair thump and made myself shift slightly because of how heavy it was. I am so scared. 
I just had an exorcism done on this place last week. I don't know if that's what it's called. Why isn't it leaving me alone? I know in my heart that even though I desperately want it to be Ziggy, I still miss him. That it isn't him. I thought that if ghosts were real, they weren't supposed to be in pain anymore. Why does it breathe like he's dying? It can't be him. I refuse to believe he's still suffering. But if it isn't him, I'm not sure I want to know what it is. It's trying to make me suffer by making me think it's him and in pain still. By making me think it's him jumping up on my bed, but then torturing me by not letting me touch his soft fur or hear his sweet purrs goodnight. Whatever it is, I just wish it would leave me alone. I'd like you to know that this was posted 18 days ago. It's been three years since Ziggy died. And this is still happening. That is like the scariest pet cemetery type thing to think about your pet being possessed and in your home and like offering you love and acceptance, but also haunting the fucking shit out of you. Mm -hmm. I just want you to picture creepy Lord Nibbler. I want you to be haunted as you shit by Lord Nibbler. You're washing your face. You look up and it's just two eyes going different ways. Yeah. Yeah. I would like you to know before we end this episode that it wasn't a pet. But when I was very, very young, I would like it to be mentioned that I've always felt spoopy. I've never like seen a ghost, but I've had little spoopy encounters. And then obviously my family would tell me, Emma, you're just a little dumb bitch. Stop it. But there's one time in particular that has, like, haunted me into my adulthood that I'd like to share with you. That this brought back up. It was my dad's week. Okay? So I was with my dad in his crusty apartment, one of of the many. I'm sleeping. I think I was in a a bunk bed, for sure. Yes. Where you belong. Yes. At this point, my sister and I had separate bedrooms. So, like, the order went as you walked down this long hallway sister's bedroom my bedroom dad's bedroom throughout this time period i had a lot of sleepwalking issues so i'm at my dad's apartment in my bunk bed it is bedtime i don't remember if i wasn't asleep yet or if i was on the verge of sleep or if i woke up who's to say i was small anyway as i'm laying there i feel the undeniable pressure of a hand at the bottom of the bed, and then another hand slightly further up the bed, alternating on either sides of my legs, slowly but firmly. And I froze in fear. I was on my back. And it started, like I said, at the end of the bed. And by the time that it got to about my chest was when I finally unfroze. And I just started screaming. And I jumped over the the railing on the bunk bed and and ran into my dad's room just like inconsolable and obviously he's like it's just it's just your blanket settling whatever and i'm like you don't understand like yeah and sometimes i think about that that's really terrifying thank you i hate that a lot for you you know what i don't hate what people listening to our podcast (laughs) (laughs) people like sharing subscribing you know don't hate that. i don't hate that you know what else i don't hate doing our best i don't hate that either i kind of do sometimes if I we're being honest on, yeah i hate doing my best no i don't like our podcast doing our best you don't like our podcast no i don't like me doing my best but i like our podcast <laughs> doing our best hannah hates the podcast you heard it here you heard first. it here first absolutely 
Anyways, thank you so much for listening. This is actually our six-month episode as well as our spooky special. And we honestly just want to thank you guys for listening, for downloading, for sharing, and for making this podcast be what it is. You know, we just like to overshare. We were going to do it anyways, but we're really happy to have listeners. So thank you. Thank you so much for loving us. Uh, Remember to write in. Tell us how you got deflowered. What flower do you call your your badge? I like to think of mine as like a dandelion that's been stepped on. (laughs) Thriving off of sheer will. Okay. Well. All right. Love you so much. Thank you so much for listening. Okay. Bye. Goodbye. I try to think, but it hurts my brain. So I have an abortion and a fine champagne. I'm a Jezebel. I'm a wicked witch. I'm an ugly, nasty, commie bitch. Weekends when I want some fun. Castrate a man. Take away his guns. Drive a classic car into a ditch. I'm an ugly, nasty, commie bitch. Well, I know I am. But what are you? Some fascist bootleg Nazi tool. Whiny boy with a tiny dick or a dumb fuck redneck backward hick. Did I get it right? Have I pegged you yet? Maybe we don't know who we ain't met. Maybe nobody wins, but they already.